0: garage fam welcome back to the nascar race recap show the garage guys nascar race recap show uh it me garage guy joined always uh with the uh the the beautiful mullet man himself pantene extravaganza uh plus plus five thousand legend over the phoenix weekend sweeper of the desert sweeping sand dale tanhart hey dale hey yeah um
1: Phoenix has usually not been great to me, so uh, that 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 was a, a fantastic weekend on that end, uh, and and shout out to, to Chase Briscoe, he's got the Pantene magic himself uh, going on, oh, and he he brought that plus five thousand bag, so su- super pumped about that, and uh, it, was a, it was a fun weekend of racing as it has been all year long.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I watched your I've already gotten complimented like three times on your behalf for your celebration video of Briscoe pouring beer over your head while your brain malfunctioned for about <laughs> like like three to five, maybe 10, 20 seconds. I didn't um, even know. I didn't even know like what to do in that moment.
1: I was just sitting there and I, I was like, I'm usually screaming and yelling and going berserk. But it I'm was not, just so weird. I, I couldn't believe that he won that race. It, it was it was it was just wild. This is uh, uh, this is a testament though.
0: This is a testament. I will you you have earned every bit, and if not from last season of this season, to be called the greatest in the universe. Uh, not everybody, barely nobody would have probably went as far as putting point four on Briscoe. Um, what's funny though is that how close we were this week so obviously you and i both we had a great saturday we both had gregson um uh you had uh the top three for gregson and you had two matchups hit i, t- I tailed you with the matchups and then i had bain top five so we had a great we had a great nass saturday to kick off phoenix and, and the the energy was great and it is as Upset, I guess, as I was to to not to be so close to not hit the the big bag. I had a plus five thousander lined up as well in Ross Chastain. So, in that moment, I feel like where their competitive nature was, so was ours. But I well, could not be mad.
1: Yeah, that. like the fact that he was that close is still like a genius play at those odds, Um dude. And it's just track house in general i mean we saw suarez at fontana now at chastain's in the last two weeks it's coming and the books are still the books finally have respected briscoe which i've been high on briscoe since the preseason i really thought with this new car how he looked at the clash daytona 500 finished third i was just like man this is i think this is going to be a big year for this guy because he's so talented and now he's got a race car that he can actually drive uh and ross chastain I think falls under that same boat. And the momentum that track house has is phenomenal. Chastain's a wheel man. He hasn't driven the best equipment. Now he's like Chase Briscoe, young guy who's got a car that he can wheel like a damn wheel man. I mean, just to put it, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, and one thing about track house, uh, there haven't been, I feel like there's been two constants this year. Number one is Tyler Reddick. How he's been running up front every race. And the second constant is that there's a track house car that has been in the mix every race, exclude the Clash. There has been a, and you can exclude the Daytona 500 too, but the other three races this year outside the Super Speedway, a track house driver has been in the mix in all three races. Top five. Two constants. Yeah. I mean, Suarez ran top 10 at Phoenix, ran top five at Fontana. Uh, Chastain top five at Atlanta, or I'm sorry, at Las Vegas, and then top five again at Phoenix. And, I mean, they both have been very, very competitive, very fast. So, I mean, I know we're on a recap right here, but you want to look ahead to Atlanta? Think about those two things, the two constants, Tyler Reddick and Trackhouse. So, from a betting perspective, keep that in mind when we head to Atlanta.
0: Yes, I have a feeling that going forward, Things are obviously going to get tighter and tighter as we go. People want to keep calling what's happening right now parody. This is not parody. This is the element of showing this new car how it was supposed to level the playing field. And all we are seeing is that we're a little bit closer, I feel like, to understanding what Corey LaJoy was talking about a couple of years ago about how, you know, you got a lot of money. You got really good equipment. You know, those guys are going to shine. And, you know, Corey had a, a pretty, you know, rough day with the wheel falling off and everything. But, I mean, he had a top 15 in Las Vegas. When would you have ever saw that? And, and I think that what he said speaks waves because now we are seeing these guys. You're starting to understand why these teams were going after these drivers. You're understanding why Eric Jones was, was respected. He might not have had the greatest week this past week, but it just seems to me that there's a formula that's starting to brew about uh, what's happening at these intermediate short tracks whatever you want to call them that really when you look in around that that top 15 area i mean or or whatever i'm i have to go back and look at the, the stats but i'm pretty sure that like a driver that has won this race has started somewhere inside the top 10 or top 15 each week in a row so that's something to note. That um, is an important step.
1: Yeah. I, I, that, that
0: almost changed, though, with
1: Chastain started 17th at Phoenix. So almost it did. Got it. Um, it did. It's just – and Phoenix as a whole track position is very important. But like you said, man, I they uh, uh, we've talked about this all season, I guess. It's been a short season, obviously. But Steve O'Donnell, a few years back, heading into 2019, said with that arrow package – that they are putting the, the car back in the driver's hands. That was just not the case at all. Now they really have put the car back in the driver's hands. Obviously, you got to have a fast car. You got to – the team's got to do a good job. But yeah, it's just so, wild because I think if, if you had seen – if you had not watched NASCAR and you watched Chase Briscoe all of last year, you would have said he was a certified bum <laughs> if you hadn't watched what he did in Xfinity prior years. Yeah, Uh, In a car that was hard to drive, he won a tremendous amount of races. Now, looking at this year with a totally different car, with a car that's harder to drive, Chase Briscoe has been really, really good. So it really just, it's a testament of this new car. And like you said, what it has allowed these drivers to do behind the wheel, it, it seems like it doesn't matter what track we're at. Now, with that being said, on the contrary, going to atlanta and we're going to experience this old aero package again in my in in my opinion that is very unfortunate but i'm just happy it's it's just atlanta uh and not all these other tracks that we've been to and will go to
0: yeah absolutely and i think there's a lot we'll talk about and, and there's a lot that i want to save to talk about this week for the preview show so make sure that you're on the lookout for that um before we dig deeper into this race uh, to talk about some of the, uh, the the crazy shit that went down, I um, also want to let everybody know that there will be a garage talk, a brand-new garage talk dropping um, on Wednesday, uh, and it's going to be with Dale and Chandler motherfucking Smith. Uh, truck New truck god, possibly? Truck uh, god. So, well.
1: Yeah, so the way I want to do this it's, we're going to treat it like kings and queens of like Great Britain, like Queen Elizabeth II, Queen Elizabeth VIII. Sheldon Creed is truck god the first. Yeah. And now we're, we're going to start a linear path of truck gods as life progresses. Chandler mm-hmm. Smith, he accepted my declaration as truck god the second. So yes. congratulations to Chandler. He is the new truck god uh, up until he graduates for Xfinity, which I would not be surprised if – That comes this year or next year because he's been so good. But yeah, we'll call him
0: interim gods, short-term gods. No, 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 no. There is no interim. He is. He is
1: the truck. And always will be, just like George Washington
0: used to always call him president
1: live. It's a yes, it's like the president, it's like Queen Elizabeth, whatever. He is truck god the second it is confirmed. We're gonna get hope you guys tune in tomorrow.
0: I want to get their heads put on like King Henry portraits.
1: Yeah, with like the fireplace. with with the uh with the white wigs and everything. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be
0: great. Hundred percent Sheldon would
1: look great with one, I feel like. Yes, He'd he would. Dude.
0: He'd have to wear the glasses though. He might yes. be confused. He could he could easily be confused for like for like the queen, but we would have to put him put them on there with a long I'm gonna road. go
1: I'm gonna go find one of those like a, a really, really talented artist to like paint portraits of everybody and just spend my retirement fund on truck god. Truck god uh panics
0: when we have the garage guys mansion one day we'll just have them along the walls like yes. where everybody will come to watch races. Now that is a vision. Yep that's the that's the vision. So we have that dropping and then Thursday uh is the brand new YouTube series bankrupt burnouts with uh with you with Dale Tanhart and I'm excited to see uh, this this is gonna be kind of be like a new wave of project for us that's kind of outside of the podcast realm so uh, I know you've worked incredibly hard on it. So I cannot wait to to see it. And if you want to, if you want to tease a little bit here before we dive into Phoenix, what what can the uh, the Garage Fam expect to see on this show?
1: So you're gonna go back into a world of pain, potentially <laughs> at all of your closest, most agonizing, heartbreaking NASCAR slash auto racing bets imaginable. Uh, for this episode, I think I have six total. Bankrupt burnouts, which are six essentially bad beats. If you watch Scott Van Pelt on ESPN, he does bad beats for stick and ball sports. Well, this is essentially that. But for motorsports, for auto racing, there's no one out there doing it. It needs to be broadcasted. The world needs to know that the same kind of shit, terrible, tragic sports betting moments that happen in stick and ball sports are incredibly prevalent in motorsports as well and you're going to get to find out how prevalent they are and if you're better if you're a better in nascar or indycar or formula one it's a good chance you're going to see something that you bet on and we're on the sour end of it and went bankrupt because of it Amen. so yeah, yeah be be ready for that it's going to be fun it's going to be terrible I, I don't know what else to say about it it's just going to be a mix of emotions but it's, the key is you probably lost money on something that you'll see. I
0: love it. I love it. And I can't wait to see it myself uh, and how it develops over the, uh, the years to come. So uh, let's go ahead and, and kick things off. We'll talk. We, so we did a space on uh, we did a space on Twitter before the race. We talked a lot about, about some things. And I guess the first thing that I want to bring up has just been like the, uh, I guess kind of the, the, the thing that I've noticed m- the most with sports, betters nascar betters in general um this week has been how everybody's been bitching about christopher bell and i just wanted to come here to say i fucking told you so um he had a terrible race started fourth could not hold on he was he was doing decent in the beginning but he just could not hold on to it and i think that this really just goes into what i was talking about on the space i just don't think that man can handle this car yet I don't think that this car, I think it's just too much car for this guy. Um, he's having some issues. He spins still. And so I put a tweet out the other day where, you know, I ended up fading him completely. I didn't play him in any DFS lines. I didn't play him. I didn't have any bets on him. And I uh, the only bet that I did have where his name was included was I had Eric Amarola over him at plus 111. And I ended up writing in that that I would have sung, I would have recreated the Anita James Ring My Bell song but I would have rewrote all the lyrics. So I don't have to do that now. And I knew I wasn't going to have to do it uh, before the race. So I hope that everybody out there will just understand and hear my, my cry and my, uh, I guess my plea to help you save money. Um, Just wait till he completes an entire race without spinning a car. And then there may be hope. And that's all that I have to say about that. I I don't know how you feel about Chris Bell at this point.
1: Terrible. And it sucks because I have ridden him every race since daytona and i mean he was really good at at vegas but he spun out uh phoenix was not good at all i mean the and the entire joe gibbs camp was awful i mean they were just terrible kyle bush ended up bringing home seventh because of kyle and that's it uh truex wrecked bell wrecked bubble (coughs) us excuse me To talk about the satellites, Bubba Wallace struggled. Kurt Busch ended up finishing fifth because he's Kurt Busch. Uh, Denny Hamlin struggled. It was a big struggle for Joe Gibbs. And, yeah, anytime you see multiple professional NASCAR betters riding the same pick, I I would say to to not do it, to fade it. Because I picked Bell top five, and then I looked, and everybody else was on Bell, and I was immediately like, fuck me. Even though all the statistics in the world – said that it was a good play, which is so tough because it it just has not been a good year for Bell to start out. I do think he's going to figure it out. I do think he's going to figure it out, and he's going to be fine. He's going to win races.
0: The whole team has to. Yeah, Joe Gibbs cannot be this bad. Well, Joe Gibbs,
1: they were really good at Vegas, though. They were very good at Vegas, but really struggled at at Phoenix for some reason. But um, (laughs) if you see all the experts on one play – Fade it because there's some kind of jinx going on because everybody was on Blaney for the Daytona 500, saw what happened there. Everybody was on Bell last week, saw what happened there, especially Bell over Bowman. God, yeah. Bell over Bowman. All you the saw statistics, that all the statistics in the world say that is the right play, and I still feel like it was the right play, but it did not hit because yeah. Bell wrecked, and it's just I don't know what to say about Bell right now. Uh, beside, I mean, I could talk about him for an hour, and I still say I don't know what to say. But I, um, I'm, a, I am nervous about him, no doubt. I am nervous about him. I still think he'll figure it out, though. But right now, I'm definitely staying away in Atlanta. I'll go ahead and tell you that.
0: Yeah, there's no excuse for them not to. And I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, going back to the 550, like, I mean, obviously, I think that the, uh, you know, there's a possibility maybe uh we did see a couple of toyotas up front at daytona therefore but this is not daytona that we're getting ready to run it's just going to be kind of weird and strange uh, and we'll have more thoughts on that moving forward but another bad beat from this race one that i am uh one that i am I'm, I'm sad to see that it happened a Bankrupt
1: burnout not a bad beat
0: well a bankrupt burnout um, yes, yeah,
1: get used to it That's a term. I don't know
0: if you could really call it that I mean, it was a DFS play It wasn't really anything that I had money on For betting purposes But uh, Oh, well, Ricky, then it's
1: not a bad beat then
0: Yeah, well, Ricky Stenhouse It kind of was, though I mean, he was like the Well, if one it's not guy.
1: sports betting Then it can't be a bad beat All
0: right, well well, it, we'll, we'll come up with a new I'm gonna be I'm going
1: to be Mr. Technical here I'm sorry. That's fine
0: I'm going to start my own solo show About DFS and the drivers that fucked us I'm just going to call it The drivers that fucked us by garage guy chase and then just have like some kind of like Terrence and Phillip shit where they're like farting and like doing weird shit. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, Ricky, it wasn't intentional. I love Ricky Stenhouse. You, I know you love Ricky. We all love Ricky. Um, it, it was just kind of like um, you expected to, to see big movement. And he was very confident about the Hendrick engine that they dropped in that car um and it just did not play out he did not do the moving like we thought he would and i don't know if that was just a testament of it being phoenix itself the track and him having you know not the best pit stops or a strategy wasn't right but something happened because i mean this for him to start dead last i think he ended up getting like maybe 20 points but still just should have i feel like he should have easily been able to finish somewhere in the top 15 which would have created so many fantasy points on DraftKings, and that would have really kind of locked him into that big lineup, but he wasn't even in the optimal, unfortunately, so that it, it sucked to see that play out. And uh there was literally, his ownership was pretty damn, pretty damn high in DFS. So, yeah,
1: I mean, they, they just struggled. They were just slow. I mean, that's, that's all it was. They were just I think slow. it's, I, I want to,
0: I'm going to say this and it's in like, you know, don't, I hope no one takes this the wrong way, but when you have that beautiful Nas nice energy car, and then you just go disrespect it with whatever sponsor that is on the hood that way, and like you only like <laughs> have the front fucking part of that hood. Like, like, bad things are gonna happen. So I'm gonna be looking out for that. All it
1: time. is weird how they're treating the hood on that car, man. I, I don't, I don't get it because the sides look so good. I don't even know if Ricky gets game. it.
0: I don't <laughs> I know. I think Ricky might be confused.
1: It is weird. It is. It is weird. He's it doing these liveries? They're 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 semi cursed. I feel like. Mm. I don't know. I, I'm glad you said that though, because it has been very notable in my mind when I when I see that 47.
0: It's just like, what uh, is this? Like a juice box company? Like what, what's uh, going on
1: here? It is. It is strange. They, they yeah. must. I, I really don't know how to how to articulate what they could be thinking.
0: Yeah, JTG, you need to figure it out with the the painting, because I think that's what's messing up the car. It just doesn't have it doesn't have the full force on the on the hood. Something's that's going. on. It's the only on.
1: logical. That's the only logical scientific explanation.
0: Yeah. I mean, just put that logo on the size of the car and put NOS on the hood. I think that made way would make way more sense. Um, if you have to have that on there. So just that that's a little side note there. But yeah, in, in models and projections that I had, man, I mean, he was looking to be somewhere around 37% owned. And I think that he was right at 38. Maybe wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he was high up there on that end. And so hated to see that. Um But uh, talk about
1: about another Chevy uh, on the opposite spectrum, because Ricky's they were just slow. They just missed the mark. I was surprised by Chase Elliott, honestly, how good they were in the late stages of that race. I mean, he probably he probably had the car to beat in the latter half of that race because he he ran down. Stop. Got him. He ran down. Well, they had a really long green flag run and he ran Briscoe down and was just. Stalking and stalking and stalking, yeah. and then a couple of cautions came out and kind of changed it up, and he got shuffled back. But I mean, Kyle Larson blew an engine, which uh, I I am surprised. It's kind of ironic, actually. Uh, the the two best guys at Phoenix last year were Truex and Larson, and they both DNF'd in this race. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would have. was
0: wild, dude. It just came out of nowhere, dude. Just smokes the wall. Yeah, I mean, it looks like like, he – There goes your
1: lineups. He had to – yeah. Oh, yeah. He he had to have blown a right front tire. And then weird to see an engine problem like that on a Hendrick car. I feel like that's not – that's definitely not common. So, there was definitely some some odd juju in the air with with those two guys. But Chase Elliott, really, really fast. I think we got what we expected out of Bowman. Did not finish in the top ten once again. uh, An eight career start – or. His last eight starts leading up to this race, no top tens. Follow it up with a ninth. It's just not his track, straight up. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the hometown,
0: the hometown curse. Uh, I guess you would want to say it. I think his yeah. his best lap that he ran was on like lap four, and I think that he ended up. What was it? He he ended up having. I got all the stuff pulled up here now. I'm looking. I think his best lap he ran like it was like twenty seven like a speed of like 129 on lap four. And that was, that was it. That was cap. And, uh, and that was, and then it just all went to shit from there. So uh, yeah. William um, Byron. William Byron was really good. God, William Byron. How did he finish in 18th, bro? That blew my mind. I really don't know. I didn't even
1: see what it had. They just a bad restart. Got shuffled back. Got that's li- lined these cars, up behind the wrong man. guy. I
0: just feel like it, you have got to have the perfect pit stop. You've got to be in position perfectly. And on those restarts, you got to be a restart master and you can't be too far in the back. And if you're up front, you've got a shot. Well, that's one thing that uh, talk
1: about pit stops all year ha- that has killed William Byron, dude. I don't know yeah. what their pit crew has, has been, has not been great compared Tyler Reddick's pit crew, has been incredible. Chase Briscoe's pit crew was incredible on Sunday. That's primarily what got him up there because talking about the racing space, one thing I I said, when somebody mentioned chase Briscoe in a matchup, I said, um, be careful about the Stuart Hall's cars. I kind of lumped them all together because they've been really fast. And specifically with Briscoe, he has had really good short run speed, like very good short run speed. And then he kind of fades a little bit. And that's actually exactly what happened in this race if you look at what stage one, he finished second Uh, stage two with long green flag runs happened. He finished eighth. I mean, he fell all the way back to eighth, And then in that final stage, his pit crew got him out, had two phenomenal pit stops in a row to get him from like eighth or seventh to the lead. And then once he had clean air, he was impossible to pass. So uh, I was surprised by their long run speed for sure. But it just tells you the difference between, uh, like Tyler Reddick, their pit crew has been so good all year. I mean, just freaking ridiculous. Blaney's pit crew really costed him. He had the consistently the best car all day. Fell oh, off. Dude, a he little had bit raw in.
0: speed out the gate. He finished fourth, and he yeah. was like really way in the back. He had yeah, the raw I mean, speed.
1: Yeah, and he—that's that, just another one that got away from Blaney. I'm sure he'll look at it that way. They just—they fell off a little bit, but. Their pit crew not helping them out, I mean, killed them, absolutely killed them. You lose that track position, you lose that clean air, you, you potentially lose any hope of winning the race. And that's where Chase Briscoe capitalized, and these guys like Blaney and Byron, who were the two best cars throughout the race, didn't, did, did not get the finishes they wanted. Uh, I know Blaney got a top five damn well. jam straight that's not what he wanted because he had a winning car.
0: Yeah, no, he's sick, dude. I mean, he's got to be sick to his stomach with it. But I think that what this is showing us now is that the stock on pit crew uh, athletes is about to go through the roof like you're it's time to start putting some more shine on those guys. And I think the more shine that we see on the, the pit crew athletes here in NASCAR, the more involved they become in the broadcast and the more that they kind of become, you know, just as big as the drivers themselves you're going to start seeing that be like a, a huge part of the end. And I think it needs to be, it was back in the day. And I think that it needs to be that way now, especially with how with this package, how it, it's so dependent on that. So I totally uh, be, agree. Be I also,
1: I also think that some of it too is just kinks with this, with this one log deal. Some of these guys with their equipment, it's just, they haven't figured it out. There's been some random mistakes uh, like just, I think it happened on Blaney's stop this week or last week on their right rear tire. The lug just wouldn't come out. It just would not come undone. And they're just like, why? So I a hundred percent agree the, the pit crews are more important than ever because now the pit stops have gotten faster than ever. And yeah. any, any small hiccup that could be caused by a slip by uh, I, I guess a human error slip can cause someone the race because these stops are even are just so incredibly fast and they're going to get faster when these guys figure it out. But there's a little bit of some of that margin of error comes from these kinks in this new one lug deal. So it's a combination of both, but we definitely, we need to bring back the pit crew challenge while we're on this subject. The pit crew challenge they had was the shit. And I know 99.9% of people, I would even say that 100% of people agree that that should come back. If you don't, there's something wrong with you because the pit crew challenge was absolutely incredible. It was so fun to watch every year on TV. Couldn't imagine what it was like to go there in person, but yeah, I mean, the, the pit crew stuff we you, you're, you're spot on. We need more shine back on, on these guys, more spotlight,
0: yeah. all the spotlight, uh, shout out to all the homies that are in the pit crews. Um, And we'll talk a little bit now about some of the guys that uh, where where the consistency is is continuing, and also just kind of like some of the biggest risers, biggest fallers of the race itself. Uh, You talked about Kurt Busch getting the top five. Kevin Harvick finished sixth. Kevin was one of my picks, and I really thought for a minute there, dude, that he was going to be able to strike it, but it just seemed like he kind of just had like a, you know, he had a. I I feel like he had like a top, a top three, top five car all day he just i don't know what happened there towards the end where you know kurt got around and blaney got around and whatever Uh, Maybe he he just kind of let off
1: he he didn't fire off on restarts very well um when he one of those last restarts he was on the front row with briscoe and i was like i was scared because i was like damn harvick the closer uh going up against the young gun teammates like you would have thought there's no way briscoe's gonna hold this guy off but and we saw that early in the race, actually, where he had spun his tires once or twice. Yep. They just didn't fire off well, and they had a very good long-run car. I'd say behind Byron and Blaney, uh, and I guess you got to throw Briscoe in there, but Harvick was one of the top four most consistent cars all day.
0: Absolutely. So, I know yeah. he got,
1: he got six. He did extend his top 10 streak. We did talk about that, that we yes. should probably hammer that bet in our racing space. And I know we had a few people ask at other times of the week. The books undervalued the shit out of him for that. It what was, was like it, minus, minus 110
0: for a top 10?
1: I think on DraftKings, it closed at minus 120, minus 130, which still is incredibly cheap. Yeah. Um, and speaking of top 10, last last bet I'll, I'll talk about that we got right. Excuse me. Uh, Tyler Reddick. It, it, unbelievable yeah. that DraftKings had him at even money for a top 10. Like, what were they thinking? I, I cannot believe that. I hammered that the, the second I buster. saw it. And it actually started moving. It started moving into the minus territory the second I laid eyes on it and talked about it. But I got it at really – still really cheap money. I mean, considering how fast he's been, minus 200 is where he should be for a top 10 every week. So that's bizarre. So took advantage of some good value there.
0: No, absolutely. And I love what we're seeing and how different everything is. Another big surprise that people may have looked over – uh, was the fact that Chris Busher got a top 10 for RFK oh, racing. God, I had some Busher in some lineups. Actually, I think he started like P26 or P28. Um, and I think that that just kind of all fell down to how the restarts was, but he finished one position higher than Chase Elliott, who ended up finishing 11th. Um, I thought that that was just wild. And uh so shout out to Chris Busher for being one of the uh one of the biggest movers in the field, probably the biggest mover over if you would have took Busher in Stenhouse's place in DFS, you'd have been on the right move, as well as having Chase Elliott, uh Ryan Blaney, Chastain, Rhett, and Reddick. Um, and, and I think it was I think that's was the big lineup actually was um was Busher. Uh, Chastain, Reddick, Blaney, and Chase, and probably Briscoe. So that was the uh, that was the hot lineup to have. You know, it's it crazy.
1: Like that, if that last caution doesn't come out, which who who's spawning that last caution? Eric was it? Eric Jones? I think, I think, it think it was Eric Jones. Yeah, he
0: ended up finishing two laps down. So what's
1: crazy is that lineup would have been totally different. I mean, Briscoe would have been there because he would he was going to hold those guys off and win.
0: Oh yeah, um, but that's major that—that's a Briscoe fan that won that 20k in the car. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
1: Um, what the craziest part about that is, Busher was a 20th place car, 25th place car, all race. But when that yeah. last caution came out, uh, all the guys in the back that have nothing to lose, they're going to come in and get fresh tires. So they come mm-hmm. in and get fresh, a little bit fresher tires, and I think that had a huge impact on how that race finished because. You had just guys charging towards the front and very limited time and like Austin Dillon got taken out. Uh just aggression, everybody going four, five, six wide and the dog leg. I'm oh, not yeah. the I'm not the biggest Phoenix guy in terms of the racing. Um but that the dog leg is one of the most unique things in all of motorsports. I love it. God, definitely I love it. Definitely provides some falling. some great action. So yeah I mean Butcher would have run 20th If not for that last caution, the fact that he got a top 10 absolutely stunned me because RFK was was just off the mark as they have been.
0: Brad, Brad ended up finishing a lap down in 23rd. Uh, Shout out to Brad for not trying to fucking wreck anybody this week. Uh, That was very kind of you, Brad. Um, And uh, I guess the the other big mover that I can note was Ty Dillon, 15th. A lot of people were uh, very uh, sneaky it was very sneaky a lot of there was some people that were definitely talking about him being an option i was just completely off of him i know chef was off of him for dfs so uh don't really i don't think the top 20 odds are up much anymore these days but uh would have loved to see what his odds would have been for that one but uh kind of getting off of the people that we were excited about let's talk about some of the guys that disappointed us obviously you know Chris Bell being probably at the top of that list. He didn't really didn't disappoint me, though, because I had already figured that out. But uh, I think the other big disappointment for some was uh, was probably Austin Cindric. And he he looked like he was going to be able to really nab this thing, uh, started P8. And then he just was another one that was right there with Bell that just completely just fell down through a black hole, finished 24th uh, right by his uh, the driver that used to drive the two right behind Keslowski. So I, I think that I, I'm glad that I was able to come out and say it. And I know that you probably had my back on this one as well. Is just that don't be fooled just yet by this guy. Um, just because he won a super speedway race, which obviously the Daytona 500 is nothing to, to you know mess around with, but it is a lot different. So maybe things will be a little different in Atlanta. Who knows? But uh, now,
1: I will yeah. say, the I I agree. I think he's gonna have his rookie growing pains, like they like everybody does. You know he he uh he's kind of been. I know he he broke the rookie record because he he was leading the points for two or three races in a row to start the season. But gonna have those pains, and I will say it is surprising for a couple of reasons. Number one, because Blaney, his teammate, was unbelievably fast. I mean, mm-hmm. had probably the best car all day. Um, and number two. Is that Cindric was posting? If you look at lap averages, he was top ten in ten lap average speed. So you could look at data before and be like, okay, he's kind of fast. He qualified well. Um, I, it just—it's shocking to see how bad he was from the jump. I, I really don't know what happened there, but he was not a—he he just was not there at all. It's got to be mental. faded from the beginning. There was something in the car. I mean, they—they they could have had speed, but the car. Was probably just handling very ill um so it's weird though because going back to briscoe one more time one of the reasons the biggest reason why i picked chase briscoe was because in five lap averages he was in the top five he was uh third fastest in five lap averages he was actually tied with blaney on on that which is you know which shakes out to short run speed and i was kind of thinking well uh if he's got pretty good short run speed that's and not just pretty good top three short run speed. You get a late race caution. Who knows? I mean, a plus yeah. 5,000 got to think about it. Cendric, I would have thought similarly because he had top 10 speed according to the practice times uh, on averages and better long run speed than a lot of guys that we saw at the front in this race. So I was very surprised by that. I, I at least expected a top 15. Like I could, I could have seen him running up front top five, top 10 throughout the race. And kind of fading at the end just a little bit running top 15. But man, he was awful. I mean, he was 20th to 25th we the majority
0: need to look at of that pit race. We're we'll gonna look at pit speeds. We'll, we'll get all we'll get all the factors, we'll figure well, it think, all out this week.
1: I think that was pretty clear that his car was just not good. His car just was very ill handling, or he just didn't he just couldn't figure out how to drive it. You know, yeah, the, the do-do, speed do-doo car something about the speed, whether it was him or the race car was just not there which is so yeah. weird because Blaney was so damn fast. So
0: Yeah, I think that you know. it's just a testament uh, of, of showing you that while every driver may be under one roof, it's not the same team. Um, you know, Joey Logano has been Mr. Consistency. It's another top ten, finished eighth. He's probably been the most consistent driver in the field. He's just not up there getting it done to get the win. Yeah, like he he actually,
1: he's leading the points on the non-playoff deal. Uh, yeah. If you look at just all the accumulated points, he is a point leader because like you said, he has been the most consistent.
0: Yeah. So good, good for him and shout out to him. And then I had a one, one more that I wanted to talk about before we wrap up. Um, and this kind of falls back in. We we chatted a little bit about Kurt Busch finishing top five. Thought that was an incredible run for him. Had the sexiest car out there in the field. I don't care what anyone says. Um, love that money line racing. And I'm, I'm really upset if anybody knows, uh, where the hell the shoe, they're supposed to give away a pair of Jordans, the Kubu Jordans, and I want them. Um, I want them more than any other shoe I've ever seen in my life, actually. Like, I am obsessed with those Jordans, and I want them. So, Moneyline, if you're out there, uh, figure it out, and I'll, I'll come pick them up. Um, Yeah, everything about that car and those shoes, very, very mm, nice. Very I just nice. knew, I knew it was destined for a top 10 easily, you know, so shout out to that. Um, and then I had him over Austin Dillon, which that that that, you know, that last little little shuffle helped that out because he Dillon was actually ahead of him. So that was kind of a lucky matchup that I got uh, that hit right there. But um, but but yeah, Bubba Wallace, a lot of people were talking about him in DFS. Uh, some people were even looking to, to, you know, take him top 10 or, or whatever, you know, you want to call it. But I don't know what the odds were on that. I wasn't touching it, but. Um, I did have Bubba in a good bit of lineups. I thought that Bubba would run better. There seemed to be a lot of confidence in the industry behind him. And uh, for him to, you know, only end up finishing, what was it, 22nd in this race, a lap down. He was the first guy on the, on the lap down. It's just, uh, it, it's just kind of upsetting. I don't really know what his record was. I mean, he definitely has been a closer at Phoenix. I'll say that much. Like, he, he's been able to pick up some good position towards the end of a race um that just was not the case for this one but it's kind of hard when you're trapped a lap down i guess
1: yeah well i i was one of those people who i, I wasn't going to throw a bet on him in any manner but in our preview show he was my DraftKings low value pick guy because yeah. he had had like five out of his last six top 20 finishes like running in the teens consistently only time he did was when he crashed so every race that he had finished he had run marginally better than than 22nd so i i read some radio chatter on twitter at some point and he just fucking hated his car dude he was just pissed
0: and just Toyota it just seems like in general except for Kurt Busch shout out to Kurt um, that's the
1: thing you know it's it's still perplexes me about Penske because I, I feel like all the Hendrick cars were pretty good you know uh the Penske car or the, the Toyota's or the Gibbs cars, I should say. You could throw Bubba Wallace in there too, and yeah. Kurt, because Kurt really wasn't a top ten guy up until the end. They were no, all he just very, played
0: strategy right.
1: They were very mediocre, and mm-hmm. then you have the Pensy cars. You had one that was incredible, one that was mediocre, and then one that was terrible. So it's just such that's the weirdest thing to me. Yeah, that's just not something you typically, I guess, not something you typically see out of out of teams like that. Usually, they all have close speed. So. Maybe that's a testament to the driver, being, being more in control of these race cars now.
0: Possibly. I mean, Kyle Busch, uh, Denny Hamill finished 11th. Kyle Busch was in the top 10. Um, Kyle seems to be the the best one out of the Gibbs camp right now. Um, oh, no doubt. And, uh, totally and so looking at that, that, that is true. And then I almost forgot about this one, and, and I got to just mention it. William Byron had some of the fastest speeds in, uh, in practice uh, qualifying, he ended up finishing P-18. I think that was just kind of due to, uh, to to him having some rough luck on pit road and whatnot ever, too. But that was probably the most – he was the last Hendrick driver other than Kyle Larson who was out of the race uh, that actually stayed in the race. So, uh, sucks for Willie B. But you talk about your low-value guy. I think I had Todd Gill, and He finished 19th. So, he's a slow mover. He's a slow creeper. I will Shout say I, I, I have Billy. been a
1: little more impressed with him than I expected he's he's been running all the laps making up spots finishing most of the races um and, and I really was low on him and Harrison Burton because I, I think both of them just are not ready for cut you're very
0: right for to be low on Harry B
1: yeah and that's what's tough is that he's driving a he's driving a good race car you know he's driving a car that was at victory lane shit it's been five years but it's not super long ago he, that was in victory lane with ryan blaney in his rookie year or his second year i can't remember i think it was his first full-time year in that car but todd gill and in, in a in a less a lesser funded slower supposed to be slower race car has uh has not been terrible he's been he, okay
0: he so. bringing them david reagan vibes in that 38 bro he bringing that yeah. 38 back
1: Speaking of David Reagan, we were going to see him back at Atlanta. I think it's there's going to be, be some fun. people thinking about him from a betting perspective, but.
0: I hope sure they have a matchup where it's Todd Gillen over, over David Reagan. Yeah. I'll take Todd Gillie every day. He's I, becoming my favorite pump play in the world. Be Tough. Yeah, dude.
1: He's, he's had to have been a great pump play for a lot of people with a, I think he's got probably what, three top twenties, two top twenties and four races. And yeah, that's not <laughs> qualified well. So. He's, yeah, been a, he's been he's a, been a sneaky play every week. It seems
0: he's boot scooting, boogieing, dude, for sure. But uh, but yeah, the, I hope you enjoyed all of our uh, anal asses analysis on this uh, on this race, uh, the Ruoff Mortgage uh, Gatorade Duels 500 at Phoenix Raceway. Um, so shout out to that. Phoenix was fun. Can't wait to to see it at the championship. We're hopefully we'll be there in person. And uh, and now it's just time to get ready for Atlanta, guys. So uh, appreciate everybody stopping in. Shout out to all the garage fam that that rode the bets this week, especially for those absolutely that tailed Dale Briscoe plus five thousand. Uh, just an insane hit. And um, oh, I almost you know, forgot about Reddick yeah. top three too plus seven hundred. Yeah. That was a good one. That's not the that crazy. You one, had but. the best day. I was looking at all of the industry experts. Uh, you and I both were the I feel like we were the only two guys that hit multiple bets on Sunday.
1: Yeah, that was a that, that it was a weird day. It really was a weird day. I mean, that that sucks for most people when you don't pick cuz uh, there's just not going to be a lot of people that pick a plus 5000 guy, you know. Yeah. So typically most everyone's going to lose. <laughs> yeah. But it was a fun weekend. I thought the racing was good for someone who doesn't like Phoenix that much, but Atlanta is going to be totally different. So keep an eye out. It's going to be a triple header, truck night in America. Or actually, I think it's on Saturday, but trucks are back. Xfinity's there. Cup is there. All supposed to mimic restrictor plate style racing. Uh, Sunday, the quick folds, Gatorade duel, Folds of Honor 500, quick trip, Folds of Honor, Gatorade duels 500. So yeah. be ready for that. It's going to be a fun weekend.
0: We, we, we so excited. Shout out to Rebecca Black. Um, that's all. All right. It's been great. Love you, Garage fam. And we will see you in the ATL. Go watch ATL, roller skate, and listen to TI all week. Let's get it.